I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing it quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic edition of Finding Your Frequency. I am Ryan Treasure, and normally we have Mr. Jeff Spinard hanging out in the studio with us, but today he's not available. He's out traveling and taking care of some family stuff, so uh, I'm going to be rocking this interview solo today, which is okay because uh, I like to do that as well as uh, also do the interviews with Jeff, and uh, we're going to have a really cool show for everybody today, so make sure you strap your seatbelts in and hold on tight. We'll have a fantastic ride. Today we have a really, really cool guest. We're going to talk about the business of cannabis. We're going to talk about, you know, kind of where it's been going in the last few years, where we think it might go in the future. And we'll have a great guest on who's going to talk about her company, kind of what they're doing in the space. And as you guys know, it's extremely exciting, whether you do fintech or you do finance or uh, you're into investing or any of that kind of stuff. Everybody knows uh, what, what they're dubbed as quote unquote pot stocks. Some of those are super hot. There's some Canadian ones that are doing really well. Uh, and then of course, some stuff here in the States as well. Uh, so some of that stuff is super cool. So we'll maybe talk a little bit about that, but our special guest today, Autumn Shelton. Autumn is the partner and chief financial officer of Autumn Brands, a 50% woman owned cannabis business located in sunny coastal Santa Barbara County, California. Fantastic. She spent almost four years successfully navigating the uncharted waters of California's medical marijuana collective model and the newly legal cannabis industry. A very calculated risk taker with an outstanding aptitude for numbers, Autumn champions the health and wellness benefits of cannabis and is committed to cultivation free of pesticides and other harmful chemicals. Autumn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, we, we really appreciate you jumping on board with us and talking about this subject today. Finding your frequency, as we had talked about kind of pre-show, is uh, you know kind of about the journey and where you came up with the idea to follow your passion and do what you're doing. So before we talk about you know like the current state of you know things in in the cannabis world or or those types of things, let's kind of take it back a little bit and have you share kind of the the journey and the story of uh, of where you started Autumn Brands and, and and what's the passion behind the business. Sure. Um, we started with um, my now partner, previous boss, um, was in the cut flower industry, and he was approached uh, to start a cannabis cultivation um, on his property. And so at that point, we uh, did a calculated risk and decided that would be a good idea. Um, and then shortly after that, we decided to start our own um, medical marijuana collective, seeing that the state was now going to focus on regulating it. And um, this was going to be a, a new and exciting industry down the road. So at that point, we decided to switch over. And then on January 1st of 2018, um, Autumn Brands, the for-profit, uh, began and we got our uh, state license, temporary state licenses. Awesome. So you guys have just kind of went with the flow and never looked back, right? Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's definitely been a very, very challenging road. 
Um, you know, starting a business is hard. Starting a business that's federally illegal, that <laughs> where you don't have banking, you have tax issues under 280E that you can't write off normal expenses, and it's like a wedding. They charge you three to four times as much for everything. So it's it's definitely um, a, been a journey, but it's definitely an exciting one and um, and a really great future ahead. Well, and you guys kind of got some reprieve uh, in the last several months when the new cannabis law for California came into an existence and, you know, now it being legal and you're not necessarily having to deal with all of the components of the medical side of things. You're able to kind of do some different things. Tell us a little bit about the differences in, uh, you know, the municipality rules for, you know, like the legal cannabis version of marijuana versus the other side of that, which would be just the strictly medical side. Well, the previous model, the collective model, was still kind of gray. There still wasn't a lot of things written. So now we really know a clear legal pathway in California, and we can actually really feel like we have a real good, legitimate business. Um, As far as medical and recreational, having both combined, you know, they originally had it very separate in California, but then they combined them into one. So as a cultivator... I don't see any difference. I don't, whether my license says medical or it says recreational, I just grow. And then it moves on to a distributor and then goes to a retailer. And truly the consumer is who decides whether it's a medical or a recreational product based on if they buy with a medical marijuana card or they just buy as a recreational user. And it also depends on the dispensary itself. Not all dispensaries have a recreational license. So some are purely medical. Okay, yeah, so there's still kind of a a little bit of a maze that one has to navigate, not necessarily from your part, but uh, on the other side with the recreational versus medical and and on the dispensary side, looks like it's a bit more challenging, but that's cool that you guys can just, you know, do what you do. They're they're like, hey, uh, medical or recreational doesn't matter, just grow, right? (laughs) Yeah, they changed that last, it wasn't in in the beginning, but last July, they finally changed that and saw that it, it really wasn't, it really was impactful for us to try to navigate, yes, just this medical or just this recreational. But the whole process is definitely way more challenging than the collective model. You have a distributor now that you have to go through. They lab test for you, and then it's got to get moved then through a, through to the dispensary. So on one side, it's, it's a whole new uh, pathway that we have to follow. On the other side, it is so much more secure and safe for the consumer because they know that their product is being lab tested, and they know that it's going to be staying out of the hands of our children on the streets and, um, and, and made through a real, um, legal pathway. Wow. So I, I was looking at some of the information that you guys sent over you guys and your family specifically has been farming for a really long time, right? My partner has, his family has farmed. They're back all the way back into Holland, six generations. Um, so we are two families that own this business. My partner, uh, his two kids and his wife, and then me and my husband. Um, and we all own and operate um, every day. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, that's great. But, he, but so yes, they have experience owned. with cup, cup flowers, roses, tulips, um, going all the way back through. And uh, we were doing Gerber daisies here in Carpinteria um, up until we switched over to cannabis. So he has already the experience with with how to grow in a greenhouse. All the systems were naturally in place. Um, and, and we grow very similar. Um to how the cut flower business was grown um, as far as uh, closed loop watering system. So no water is ever wasted. Yeah. That was going to uh, be my are, question is how, how are the similarities between growing, I guess you're growing flowers and growing flowers, but you know, growing, you know, uh, uh, smell good flowers and pretty flowers versus cannabis flowers. Well, uh, is, is it a similar process? 
it's a similar process. Um, they, I mean, everything is, you know, utilized with water and fertilizer. The one difference that we do um, at Autumn Brands is there are no pesticides. We are 100% pesticide free, uh, which means we only use beneficial insects. It's an ever-changing program as insects change um, throughout the year, depending on um, de- depending on the climate and the the seasons. But um, it's also probably about four to five times more expensive than pesticides. But we know that we are providing oh, yeah. um, a very clean and healthy product to our to our customers. Yeah, I'm an I'm an avid gardener. Um, I, I've been gardening for my entire life. My mom grew up in in Idaho, and a whole family of farmers. And so, you know, we've been uh, farming here in the Southwest uh, outdoors. I've done greenhouse and and indoor um, farms as well for a bunch of different kind of vegetables and some of that kind of stuff. Um, what, how are you guys leveraging technology in your grow? Are you guys doing um, soilless growing, or are you doing like a hybrid model? Because I know some people are doing, you know, straight like aeroponics or hydroponics of some sort and then you have other people who are kind of into the uh into like the uh uh like uh, like a hybrid of soil and uh and and cocoa core and that kind of stuff uh, you know without giving away any we trade co- secrets yeah we we use cocoa <laughs> we, we grow in pots with cocoa oh cool Awesome. And then you said closed loop watering. So nothing gets wasted. And I know, especially uh, traveling in California and having family there, there's been a, a big issue with water there. So conserving that is very important. It is very important. And we have a well on the property that we that we're able to use. Um, but it looks like California is getting almost out of the debt or out of the drought. So that's pretty exciting. So yeah. That's how long it'll last, but um, <laughs> yeah, you guys got the same that storm actually- that we did. You know, recently uh, in in February, right? We all got rocked with some serious winter rain, and I ha- I still have water from snowmelt. Like half of Arizona was covered in snow, which never happens. And uh, they're they're releasing wow. water. I, I I live in the we live in the desert. I mean, even more arid than in, than California, which is a desert climate as well. But like to see water that never comes all the way far as west as it did in in our river bottom, I was super surprise so i'm really glad that you guys got some rain too i have like i said family that lives in california and they weren't able to like wash their cars or or you know do a bunch of stuff for a while so i'm, I'm real happy for you guys thank you yeah it's um we we definitely need all this rain and as long as uh, it doesn't do any more harm than it did a year ago um it's all it's all positive so is everything that you guys do in greenhouse or do you do a combination of indoor greenhouse and outdoor like um or how does that work for your guys's farm we are all greenhouse. Everything is done inside. Yeah, everything is done inside, in pots, off the ground with a closed loop watering system. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I always had a problem, you know, with outdoor stuff, uh, with bugs and that kind of thing. And, and then especially when you use the method that you do for, for pest control by using, you know, predator pests uh, to take care of that problem for you. It's right. makes it a little easier to contain inside the greenhouse and trying to let your ladybugs go outside. <laughs> Yeah, we really think that the um, the greenhouse is the best way to go because you can still grow all your plants in the natural sunlight, but you are protected from all the elements. And, you know, we actually don't bring any ladybugs in because they do normally fly away, but we have thousands and thousands that actually find their own way in, and we have larvae everywhere, which when we have um, all these beneficial insects, uh, companies come in, they're blown away at the kind of environment that we've been able to create. So that's right. a really exciting 
um, aspects that our company's been able to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just using ladybugs as an example. I had read some stuff about the ladybugs, but yeah, there's a, a ton of different kinds of bugs that you can use to to manage those pest problems. That's for sure. I get a magazine in the mail every month from a company that does that, where you can buy bulk, uh, you know, versions of different bugs for certain pests and that kind of stuff. And uh, I definitely had a problem always with fungus gnats. It was like my you know, uh, the thing I always had a problem with and all uh, that was the fun thing I had to figure out about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not actually one with the green thumb. So I'm the, I'm more operations space. You put me in the greenhouse. I'm not sure I'm going to be the most <laughs> successful one, but yeah, my uh, luckily I have, um, uh, my partner and his son are incredible farmers. So we're, awesome. we're very fortunate. Yeah. We've had some fun stuff at our house where we've just like, Oh, let's, let's build a mini hydroponic system and try to grow tomatoes or try to grow strawberries and you know, that kind of stuff. So obviously we're not allowed to grow the cannabis here in, in, in Arizona, unless you have your medical card and you live outside of 25 miles from a dispensary, then you can get a license to grow, I think like six plants or something like that. Uh, so that doesn't oh, include wow. me because I'm too, I'm too close to the dispensary, but yeah, it's always definitely interesting kind of hearing how people are doing that. So that's really cool. So, and that also allows you guys to kind of control your harvest. You can, you can harvest more cause you're not doing outdoors. Right. We are, we are constantly harvesting. So we don't, whereas outdoors once or twice a year, I believe. Um, so yes, this allows us to be able to harvest all year round. That's awesome. Um, what other products do you guys do? I mean, obviously I know that you're growing cannabis for uh, recreational and medical use. Um, do you guys have lines of your own, like edibles and all that kind of stuff? Uh, tell us a little bit about some other stuff that you guys do with your cannabis. Uh, currently we have um, a flower line, premium flower line and um, a pre-roll line and our cartridge or oil cartridges are about to come out. Um, and those are almost finalized. And then this year uh, we do intend to do um, some edibles and tinctures as well. This is quite a big difference for, uh, for you from real estate. Yeah. <laughs> it is a big difference. Uh, but everything I did really in real estate was, um, based on, um, um, cost efficiencies. And so that's really what I've been able to apply to this business because like I mentioned, the cost associated with, uh, starting the, a cannabis company with all the, um, from County local to statewide to, odor control to uh, every every uh, government agency now is looking at us from Fish and Wildlife to Water Board and everything costs money. And so oh, yeah. we really, um, I really utilize all my knowledge and, and experience to make sure that um, we're, uh, we really pay attention to what we spend and we only spend it when we really need to. So that's really helped me, um, I, I believe, keep us, um, keep our company successful on the right path. Yeah. And I think that's probably important for any new business when you're, when you're, you know, when your cash is your most important asset and you got to be really careful about, you know, your cash expenditures and where you're putting stuff. And, you know, sometimes you just have to really take a step back. That's something I, I hear all the time from people who are uh, entrepreneurs who are starting new businesses that, that the main challenge that they have is just maintaining, you know, cash flow in the beginning. So they don't run out of the operating cash to, you know, uh, make sure they have the equipment and of course, you know, pay your personnel and your key people that are there doing their job. Yeah, it's definitely, um, there are definitely a lot of costs associated with it. I've, I've seen a number of companies in this industry just spend, spend, spend and, and struggle. 
So it really, really is important to watch every dollar that you spend and and measure and calculate exactly what the benefit's going to be versus um, versus the negative. Yeah, and with you guys being in California and it being such a, a a rich cannabis state, I would imagine there's a ton of competition in your space that's popping up like every day, right? There is a lot of competition. So it's not just so, you know, before we were only selling bulk and to put a branded line out there, you know, adds a whole new element to it as well. And the dispensaries, there's a new dispensary coming online every single day. But it's definitely um, it's definitely challenging to to get into all of them, and it's also challenging to get to every one of them. So the distributor has to be able to reach out across California. So having this brand, there's and there's more brands coming online every day, and there's more brands getting bought up every day. And yeah, I've so, noticed that. There's been a, a you know, big old consolidation happening. It's, it's I guess the same thing that happens in any other industry. You have you know people just buying each other out and gobbling up one company and absorbing it into another to make it larger and larger and larger to you know ultimately get to I don't know what goal they're trying to accomplish. But. <laughs> yeah, I think they're just as big as they can get and vertically integrate. The more efficient they'll get and the more shelves they can get on, I think is part of it. And a lot of these companies have been able to get you know huge capital. Uh, we're proud that we're still self-funded and um, really still making it happen. We're in a little over 150 dispensary, dispensaries throughout California. Um, and and we have brand ambassadors that are on the road. Uh, my husband is one of them that uh, goes and really uh, tells people who we are, what our message is, and and, and sells our, our product. Yeah, no, he's got to, you got to hit the street. I mean, that's like, you know, sales 101. Sometimes you just got to reach out and face to face and hit the street <laughs> for sure. And, and right now, it's you know, there's no top brand, you know, it's still anybody's industry. Um, there's no real brand loyalty yet because it's just so new. So really being able to get get out to the consumer and make sure that the customer service is there um, with the dispensaries, with the bud tenders, uh, with the consumers that buy our products and and. So they understand that we are pesticide free. They understand we are two families. They understand who we are um, and the quality of our product. Everything is hand-picked, hand-dried, um, hand-trimmed, um, really, really taken care of with, with the utmost um, um, appreciation and love of this plant. Yeah, and uh, I think it's really important. Yeah, I, I think that that's the stuff that people, you know, uh, the buyers, that's that's the, what they want to know. They want to know that, you know, um, is the product that they're getting a quality product? Um, you know, are is it is it a safe product? You know, especially when it's a consumable, right? You got to make sure that, yeah, those pesticides, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's important. Uh, I, I challenge the bud tenders all the time when I uh, go to the dispensary here and, you know, I'm saying, hey, where's your sheet on this? Pay on this. Uh, show me your lab testing on this, uh, you know, because that's something here in, in Arizona that's not a requirement for uh, the dispensaries. That's uh, another mm. thing that's on the ballot. And, you know, it, it makes it kind of a, uh, and I wouldn't say unsafe, but it just makes it an uneasy environment with the, you know, when you're going to purchase your cannabis and you don't really know anything about it other than, you know, the person in front of you, the bud tender going, yeah, this is good. I tried it. Yeah. It's, you, you really, the bud tenders really need to understand and know, um, know each product. And, and unfortunately not all of them do. So that's why it's extra important for us to be able to really, cause our, our distributor is selling multiple pr brands and products. So mm -hmm. they don't, they can't necessarily tell every single bud tender or every single buyer, our story and what it what what we are really selling and that it is a quality product and that it is pesticide free because the state does still allow for some pesticides um, and and organic pesticides 
And just because something says organic doesn't mean it's pesticide free. Right. Uh, so it's really important to us to, um, to make sure that people do know that there are no pesticides whatsoever in our product. And it is always a just a natural, healthy quality product well that's awesome kudos to you guys for you know really going the other the extra mile and making sure that you know your product is top-notch that's fantastic and looking out for the rest of us you know <laughs> you know i'm a i'm a mom and if i go out and i look for products you know i want to know what i'm going to be you know giving to my family um and my son and i would and i only want the same for for everyone else's family out there yeah, that's awesome. Do they, uh, from a business perspective, I guess, uh, do, are, are you guys on the states that are legal, like, you know, Colorado and California, are you guys allowed to have interstate uh, transactions at all? Or is that federally illegal? That's still federally illegal. Um, yeah, as long as it's federally illegal, we're not allowed to do any interstate. Uh, I read that Oregon was trying to make that happen, but um, I, I just don't think that's even, a, you know, it's even feasible. So until they deschedulize or, or change the federal law somehow um we are still we still have to operate within our own state uh well man let's hope that gets but, cleared up soon so that way the the you know the industry can get get even bigger that'll be better that more mainstream it can become well that's what's more challenging you know you can't so you know on the side of hemp it can you can sell it across the united states you can sell it on amazon you can sell it everywhere you know for us you know i can say it's smaller like colorado they're so limited just to colorado whereas you know, same with California, we're limited to only the dispensaries within our own state. And so being able to, when that opens up for interstate commerce, that just opens up your business in a whole new, a whole new way. Well, luckily so, for you guys, uh, California has like, I think the world's fifth largest economy just by itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. guys have a pretty decent yeah. uh, addressable market audience, market size. We all, but we also have a lot of growers. So True. There's yeah. Definitely, a lot of competition. Um, a lot of competition and and when out and and it really occurs, you know, during the winter when outdoor comes, and then when outdoor goes away, then you know prices always go down in the winter because you're just flooded with outdoor products. And then you know, come around now, um, all the outdoor products been sold and gone. Now the price goes back up and demand is higher and everyone's looking for product. So yeah. I always look forward to springtime yeah. <laughs> more than wintertime. I hear you. I'm, and, and my personal preference too, just as a user is like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love outdoor um, just because it's all natural and all that great stuff. But you have a lot of dispensaries that hold on to outdoor for too long. And then they have old outdoor hanging around that, you know, isn't what it should be. And so, I really, I really like what you guys do with the greenhouse because you're able to, you know, keep a nice constant fresh supply of, uh, of your product and, and making sure that it's, uh, you know, a good quality product. And I think that even, you know, the outdoor one, when you're just going for, they bring this so much bulk, it's just a giant amount of, of, uh, cannabis that they're, they're doing in, in that one. And it's hard to have quality control over, over that. So I think that what you guys are doing is definitely kind of the future. Yeah, I, I really, again, I think greenhouse is definitely the future just because you get that perfect world of natural sunlight, but also protected elements and the ability to be able to grow all year round, which is really important for employees as well. You know, employees can depend on a job all year round as well, whereas, you know, with an outdoor market, it's more, um, you know, it's seasonal. So you come in and then you're gone. So we we are, we're very proud of, of being able to grow in greenhouses and we're very, very proud that, you know, the the infrastructure was already there. We're very lucky, I should say, not proud. Um, whereas a lot of, you know, a lot of people trying to get in this industry are having to build brand new greenhouses and, and put so much money into infrastructure uh, that this definitely uh, gives us a little step ahead 
and financial in our financial right. situation. Yeah, and you know, let's talk about your employees just a little bit. I think it, you know, that that's something that's something awesome. Uh, we always say something similar that, you know, our greatest asset at Voice America at World Talk Radio is is our people. You know, we we aren't who we are. Our DNA isn't who it is without our people. And, you know, I really like that, you know, in the press release that there's a quote from you saying we wouldn't be anything without our dynamic team of managers and staff helping us run uh, every fun and challenging aspect of autumn brands. Uh, so I really like that quote that you had and, and tell us a little bit about that culture with your employees and, and what, what would, what would one expect if they were, uh, an employee at autumn brands? Everybody, every employee makes our company great. You know, it's not just the top, it's not just the bottom, every, every part, as I said, from the owner to the managers, to the staff, you know, everyone's working together and that's, what's really important. And if you create a good, uh, healthy, happy environment, then you're going to make a healthy, happy product. So, you know, for us, every single month, we all get together and have a barbecue with all the employees and celebrate whoever's birthday was in that month. And then we also, you know, it's also really important in this, in this business where you're trimming product all day long, where you make sure you're always exercising and moving. So we, our employees exercise three times a day, led by our warehouse manager and to make sure that there's no carpal tunnel or <laughs> nice. anyone sitting too long or, and we also try to pay our employees well, you know, they're definitely um, paid better than we ever could have in the cut flower industry. And we really try to um, reward uh, those that work really hard and, um, and really are truly family and members of, of, of autumn brands. And there's even there's even employees that have uh, that worked for the Cutflower company previously that have worked for this property for the for my partner for over 25 years. So you wow. know you know when you have that you have a you have a pretty good work environment. Yeah, no, I mean I think with any company it doesn't matter what it is to have you know uh, some of the employees around for uh, that amount of time is a testament to. Uh, the leadership and management of the people who had been running it. And then also, you know, as you guys kind of came together, combined and went on the new venture uh, and still retained those same people as a testament to what you brought to the table and collectively what you guys have been building. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So what's next for Autumn Brands? You know, look five, 10 years down the road, you know, what what's on your roadmap? Where do you guys go from here? <laughs> We actually ask ourselves that every day right now. Um, <laughs> uh, right now, our roadmap is um, truly staying the course and adding new SKUs and um, and growing growing our packaged uh, product line and and expanding to as many dispensaries as as we can. You know, the the future of federal legalization is you know, I, I think is inevitable. It's just a matter of when, not a matter of if. Um, a lot of these other issues, banking and tax, those things will probably come get fixed before. Um, but, you know, we're just going to continue to to grow as we are and see what, see what happens next. You know, the one thing that's definitely, the only thing that's for sure on this journey is that you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And you better be ready. And you better be ready to adjust and um, and amend anything and everything to do for that new path. Because, you know, as far as the state has thrown something new at us, as, as far as regulations and what we have to do and how do you interpret something, 
that's even even with these final regulations i even just sent an email to the uh one of the uh cannabis departments asking them to clarify and they said yeah we're, we're putting something together to uh, clarify that. We'll, we'll have that out shortly. <laughs> yeah, so basically, so I don't know. <laughs> even with the final regulations, they, they don't know. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that is what we do. We, we really focus on keeping our, hap- our company and employees happy. We focus on growing the brand, um, about who we are, what we can provide, and 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 staying on top of every aspect of compliance, staying on top of um, making sure that the community is happy. I mean, there's, you know, that's another big challenge. Um, and and so that we can all be harmonious and and successful. Yeah, you got you get you're gonna. I'm sure at some point with what you guys do, you probably have to deal with some you know some neighbors uh, complaining about you stinking up the neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, carpentry, carpentry is a bit of a hot, hot spot, um, and the odor was out of control, but or uh, was out of control and then fixed, and now seems to be um, causing more issues again. So we we have some um, some locals that that aren't happy, and so but unfortunately there's there's a lot of us that have worked really hard. We all have odor control systems. We found an amazing system, Bioscientific, and but if you have one grower that doesn't have it, you're going to stink up the whole town. So we are all working together. I mean, that's the incredible thing, incredible thing about this industry is that, you know, I think there's so many industries where you kind of like are fighting against each other. Um, but in this, we're, we're all one, you know, because we got so many other people, so many other aspects of anti-cannabis um, or, you know, anti-cannabis business and because they just don't quite understand um, uh, where this is all going that, uh, we're, we're really a united industry and we're all going to be stronger together um, if we all work together. So that's a really exciting, really exciting thing. Yeah, that does sound exciting. It's cool to know that, you know, the the grower or the business next door to you that's doing something similar as you, uh, that you guys can have a candid conversation about, you know, uh, the industry as a whole and work together to seek change that's beneficial for everybody. Uh, and not, not all industries have that. Most of them are pretty cutthroat. So that's, that's uh, very unique. Yeah, we have a group in town called Carpentry of Growers um, that comes together and, and works together as, as a whole to educate and, and help um, everyone in the community understand where we're coming from, understand um, how we can help them. Um, and I, I'm also part of a women's cannabis group. So that's something that's also really exciting in this industry is how many women are getting involved and uh, how the sky's, you know, the limit for, for women in this industry. And we're a 50% women-owned company. So it's, it's, an, amazing, it's an amazing time. That's fantastic. Autumn, thank you so much for joining us and, you know, imparting uh, our audience with your wisdom in the cannabis industry and the business of growing and all of those fantastic and exciting new endeavors in the industry. Uh, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So if if, uh, if somebody's in California and they want to find out more about Autumn Brands, uh, where, where would you send them to look for you? Uh, autumnbrands.com. 
Super simple, autumnbrands.com. That's fantastic. Autumn, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate the listeners all tuning in to Finding Your Frequency and go check out autumnbrands.com. Of course, if you're in California and go check out uh, what Autumn and her group is doing there. Uh, and again, you guys can listen to this podcast on any of the podcast platforms that are out there. We're available. Uh, and then our live show airs every Friday at noon Pacific time on Voice America Variety. Uh, and again, Autumn, thank you so much for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, Have a nice day. We'll see you on the next episode of Finding Your Frequency right here from voiceamerica.com.